Why is this happening, you know? And is it any wonder people like me fall victim to this, that I had all this surgery, I tried to change, because, you know, I, I kind of fell victim to this mentality. I'm an adult, but, you know, these kids can't make these decisions on their own. They're, be they're being pushed this radical agenda, and I'm grateful that I've come out the other side. I'm grateful I found God. But, you know, I want to speak up for these kids that are... Jesus saved gender. Ollie London from mutilating his body, according to Ollie, at least. Ever since Ollie London, allegedly a former transgender Korean woman, is now a British man, started to speak about his detransition, the right has begun effectively using him as their newest mouthpiece. Now, this isn't new to see, but it's a frustrating and disappointing reality we're seeing more and more often. What they need to create is a new system of slavery. This is why I call it the ultimate thing that they're after is neo-slavery. They want to make sure that no individual holds power in this country. Candace Owens, for example, has also appeared on Tucker Carlson and repeated right-wing rhetoric, even referring to Joe Biden's administration as neo-slavery. She's one of the far right's favorite grifters because, hey, you can't be racist if you like Candace Owens, right? Since she's a black woman, that just proves that Fox News isn't really discriminatory, despite, you know, the, the lawsuits that say otherwise. And Republican policies aren't inherently racist and hypocritical either. Why, it's just all lies from the other side. They're the true villains, and thus the cycle continues. Ollie London is simply the newest example like this, and he's saying everything the right wants to hear. Neutral toilets when it puts girls at risk. This is the new norm, and schools are teaching about toxic masculinity. The alpha straight male has been eroded. You know, Tucker, what happened years ago when kids used to go to school, they used to idolize Superman and astronauts. So it comes as no wonder that Ollie London transitioned into a Korean woman. The school systems are broken, and they promote this agenda, telling little boys to hero worship princesses instead of real heroes like Superman. But wait a minute, Ollie London, a British man, is blaming the American school system for his transition? Look, Ollie, can I call you Ollie? Ollie Ollie? Maybe you're trying to blame liberals in general, and that's fine, go for it, do your thing. You have every right to do that. But it's so bizarre to me that a man who didn't grow up inside the American school system is speaking about it and insisting that the education system is to blame for his, quote, mutilation, as he likes to call it. Plus, Ollie was born in 1990, making him 33 years old at the time of recording this episode. So what the hell does he mean exactly, saying that the current system is to blame? My dear, you're over 30 years old. I sure hope you're not still sitting around in American high schools being pressured to transition because the current environment around transgender students didn't exactly exist 15 years ago when you were in high school. American schools sure have failed Tucker Carlson, though, because maybe if he knew some basic geography and basic math, he'd realize that Ollie really isn't the best guest to speak on this. Also, secondly, I don't really see anything wrong with little boys looking up to princesses. Mulan was an absolute badass who saved an entire country while Superman's weakness is a rock, okay? Like, come at me, I don't care. And don't you dare tell me she's not a princess because I've suffered through the atrocity that was Mulan too, just to learn that they considered her even more important than three princesses combined. But I digress. The right has found an amazing new advocate to talk about current trans issues among American teens with this 33-year-old British man. So let's go ahead and take a moment today to learn about who he is on today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I want to look like a K-pop star. Just like Jimin and they happen to be Korean. I just find them incredibly beautiful. I'm not saying that I want to be Asian as such. I'm always gonna be, you know, British, Caucasian. I do want a smaller penis. Um, so why did you decide to become a Korean woman? 
Who told you that was possible? Ollie London spent around $100,000 to look like Jimin from BTS. This made headlines on Hooked on the Look and his story naturally went pretty viral. Honestly, it's not hard to see why because to anyone who isn't Ollie, this looks ridiculous. We've spoken about TLC before and how with many programs that take advantage of troubled viewers, it's kind of hard to look away. Ollie London had people rubbernecking and wondering if he was serious because objectively, he does not look like Jimin. And Maybe that's mean to say, maybe you disagree. I have no issues with someone getting plastic surgery if they believe that's the best thing for them, it's gonna make them happier, whatever, whatever. But Ollie's mindset around getting this truly didn't seem healthy and I don't know why doctors were permitting him to get all this work done. If anything, he seemed so uncomfortable in his own skin that he truly wanted to become someone else, a whole different person entirely. Toward the end of his Hooked on the Look episode, Ollie said that the doctor had put the Korean injection in him. He looked and felt Korean, just like Jimin. I actually look Korean. like that. And you put the Korean injection in me, I feel Korean, wow. Just like Jimin. Well, I'm not exactly changing. However, there is one important distinction Ollie made. He wasn't changing his race. Ollie said he would always be British and Caucasian. He just wanted to look as close as possible to a Korean pop star. The thing is, while a moment ago I said his mindset really doesn't seem healthy here, this 2018 clip is probably the healthiest headspace I've ever seen him in. And yes, that's really saying something. He acknowledges that no, he won't actually ever become Korean, but he's simply trying to mimic beautiful people who he thinks are K-pop idols. No matter if this makes you uncomfortable or not, this is ultimately Ollie's choice and money. And at the end of the day, he wasn't physically hurting anyone, though we're gonna get into appropriation in just a moment. Plus, frankly, I have to give a little credit to Hooked on the Look here because at the end of the clip, Ollie asks his friends what they think and they both admit that while they support Ollie, they're concerned about his growing addiction to plastic surgery. So good on the show for actually keeping that in. Now, these stunts became more outrageous over the years. London told the Daily Mail in 2020 that he married a cardboard cutout of Jimin in Las Vegas. But this isn't where things with Ollie ended, not by a long shot because a short while later, he changed his mind. Now he was going to change his race. And this was around June, 2021, and Ollie told the world that he was non-binary. I'm not using they, them pronouns because he's since gone back on that, as you'll see later, but in this current moment in June, 2021 timeframe, he did suddenly claim he was non-binary. However, while this announcement may have been big news, it didn't exactly spark backlash from all sides. Instead, it was what Ollie said shortly afterward that infuriated people. Ollie said that he was Korean and it wasn't hurting anyone, so this was his decision to make. Sure, quote, woke people might get offended by it, according to Ollie, but woke people get offended by everything, so who cares? He says, I'm Korean, my pronouns are they, them, or Korean, and deal with it was his message, essentially. And yes, people did get annoyed by it. Plenty saw it as a joke or didn't really take him seriously. The comment section of his video is full of things like, this should be called how many communities can I offend at once? Or Ollie isn't a clown or circus, he's the entire comedy industry. Others even said, if you're going to identify as Korean, learn the language, gain citizenship and serve in their military since they have compulsory service. Cue those quote, woke people coming out of the woodwork because yeah, while some saw this as stupid, others were genuinely and justifiably upset. 
Sandra Song from Paper Magazine said that Ollie's announcement, quote, effectively trivializes our identities because they're suddenly trendy. And others criticized Ollie for creating a rainbow reimagining of the South Korean flag. After all, it's not his flag to change. And the Republic of Korea's flag has a deep cultural meaning with its colors and symbols. Ollie changing it is practically the definition of cultural appropriation and blatant disrespect. Also, what I do want to clarify here is that some outlets reported that Ollie London came out as non-binary and Korean, while others said that Ollie came out as a Korean woman who uses they, them pronouns. In the end, I don't think this kind of part of the debate or conversation ultimately matters if Ollie identified as a woman or a non-binary person or not, because I'm not going to speak on it too much because transitioning or even being confused or unsure of your gender is nothing to be ashamed of or criticized for. It's the transracial part that I fully disagree with. Of course, don't just take my word for it. Experts on the topic have also said that being transracial isn't comparable to being transgender. Whereas the term transgender is supported by a legal and medical infrastructure, the term transracial is not. Racial identity in of itself is dependent on factors outside of someone, like ancestry. But gender is a social construct. It's seen as a quote, purely individual matter. Rachel Doazal, who claimed to identify as a black woman despite being born white, is probably one of the most infamous examples of this. Priscilla Das Brailford, multicultural expert and chair of international psychology department at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, explained to ABC News that it would be fine for Doazal to identify with black culture. There's no problem with feeling close to and identifying with one culture more than another. Maybe Ollie really identifies with Korean culture. However, to then claim that you are black or that you are Korean purely because of that familiarity, that's where the line gets crossed. It undermines the real struggle that people of color and transgender people go through, or anyone in that particular culture, if we're gonna say it on more general terms. In fact, the true definition of transracial comes from another important struggle. When children of one race are adopted by or live in homes that are a race different from their birth, it's a matter of being physically torn from one culture and denied intimate knowledge of the one you were born with, and it's a life-affecting experience. Sarita McFadden wrote on The Guardian that her colleague, Rebecca Carroll, had to deal with exactly this. Rachel, a black woman, was raised in a white household, and her white birth mother attempted to define her as, quote, culturally white and cosmetically black. Sarita explains that race is not a choose-your-own-adventure, and breaking it down as such only erases the identities of those who can't choose. But this is exactly what Ollie London did. And as if it couldn't get much more frustrating, this was only made worse by how he intended on completing his transition. Recently in a Newsweek article that I do want to have a penis reduction. Um, I do want a smaller penis. Um, and I am actually just here to try and find one. Okay, that one, that's great. That one, because basically guys, you know, I've had all my surgeries and stuff. Ollie decided that in order to be as Korean as possible, he needed a penis reduction surgery because Koreans have smaller genitalia, right? That's apparently his mindset here. Therefore, with this reduction, he'd truly be 100% Korean. And by getting something so intimate and so extreme, he'd show the world once and for all that he really was Korean. And if we're being honest, I really can't believe those words are leaving my mouth either, but here we are. So first and foremost, this is absolutely just plainly offensive. His comments have reinforced a racist stereotype meant to emasculate Korean men and portray them as quote, weak and effeminate, according to Korean American journalist, Sandra Song. 
she said that Ollie was trying to garner attention by playing into racist ideas, and plenty more agreed with her. Vietnamese Chinese influencer Fat Thai said that Ollie's comments were merely a publicity stunt, basically just an attempt to stay relevant. And I don't know how much Ollie actually believes it, it, what he's spewing, but it's harmful all the same. And to be blunt here, it really does come across as attention-seeking as opposed to an identity crisis. For the record, I can't get into Ollie's mind, and truthfully, I don't want to go there. But it is absolutely possible that he thought this would alleviate how uncomfortable he felt in his own body. Truthfully, I have no idea if he had dysphoria or not because I'm not a mental health professional by any stretch of the imagination. That said, regardless of Ollie's potential internal struggle, he seemed to put on a show for the camera. He felt the need to tell Newsweek that he was doing this too, to post footage of himself in a sex shop, basically trying out new genitalia sizes. This didn't really seem like the actions of someone really going through a difficult internal struggle and doing his research on how to feel more at home with his identity and with his own body. It just felt like a circus and a circus that was generating clicks and thereby revenue. Everyone does express themselves differently, but this left such a bad taste in the mouths of those who saw it that it's not truly hard to understand why. And just a short while later, Ollie's performance was all but confirmed when one of his former friends spoke out and exposed Ollie as a fake fan. Reality star Frenchie Morgan and YouTube star Jojo Spotlight told the world some pretty disgusting things about Ollie in 2020. First and foremost, they played a phone call in which Ollie says that he's staying relevant by supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. If I just keep releasing music videos, that's like enough. And then also because I've been a lot on Twitter, there's been so many people talking about me on Twitter because I'm supporting the Black Lives Matter and protests and stuff. So I had 200,000 views on a video. It's just, you know, I'm just staying relevant. Wow. Uh, he explains that due to his advocacy, people were paying him on Cameo, where you can pay celebrities or influencers to record messages for you, basically making money off of the BLM movement. And yes, I understand it is possible that the clip may have been taken out of context, but it's like 30 seconds long, so it's not as if Ollie said a single sentence that could be easily twisted. You pretty much hear the context around it. And honestly, he sounds more than happy to blab on about himself and how his support for BLM is benefiting his popularity and his wallet when that's not what the movement was about. It's pretty tasteless at the very best. And unfortunately for Ollie, it gives his critics a fair bit of credibility too, because that isn't all that Jojo and Frenchie were saying. Frenchie also accused Ollie of using the N-word multiple times and accusing a girl band, Kachi, of only having fame because of him. They wouldn't be anywhere without him, according to Ollie. And then he randomly states, quote, Koreans are very fussy. For reference, this girl group was effectively like a K-pop group, but not Korean. Ollie spoke out against them before making a video called Kachi Exposed in 2021, in which he just downright insults the members of the band, saying they have no star quality. Like, Ollie, you agreed to promote them and help make them more comfortable in front of the camera. So that just tells me you're just not very good at your own job or whatever your job is supposed to be. Jojo also went in to say that after he and Frenchie spoke out against Ollie, he received an email from Ollie's alleged manager demanding he stops the smear campaign. The thing is, I'm not very familiar with this group, Kachi. Uh, I checked them out and while they're not really my style or a group I'd listen to, I don't think that they have no star quality whatsoever. I, that, I just don't think that's a fair assessment. They've got good energy. They've clearly worked hard to memorize all those dance moves. And while their video and song may not be as clean or as well-produced as what other K-pop bands seem to do, for this more like homegrown and starting out band, like it wasn't half bad. Frenchie also reiterated what many others have said before. 
Ollie's behavior crossed into obsessive, delusional, and creepy territory. He hasn't been a K-pop fan for a while, but his personality around Jimin is far closer to one of a stalker. She actually accused Ollie of not only not being a K-pop fan at all, and alleged that Ollie was only using BTS for clout. Frenchie stated, quote, Ollie London has never seen BTS in concert. He doesn't even know how many members are in BTS and all of their names. He doesn't even know RM is the leader. Truthfully, I don't care if Ollie is a true BTS fan or not. It's not my place to be offended by him lying about being part of the BTS army, and if he lied to begin with. But what we all hopefully can agree on is how harmful the transracial ideology is and how Ollie seems to be the exact type of person that would do anything for attention. And yes, I do mean anything. But before we continue on to cover the next section, I just wanna take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor. HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime this spring by delivering pre-portioned ingredients and easy to prepare recipes right to your door. Skip the checkout lines and get outside in the warmer weather because HelloFresh has dinner covered. And HelloFresh is gonna keep your taste buds on their toes with 40 recipes and over 100 seasonal and convenience items to choose from every single week. With so much variety, there are options for everyone and every lifestyle. And one of my newest favorite options is the quick and easy meals like HelloFresh's fast and fresh pineapple chicken tacos or one of my favorites, the falafel power bowls. They're ready in 15 minutes or less. It's actually freaking crazy because it is that fast. And then one of the quick and easy meals that I don't think I talk about a lot, but it's actually one of my favorites. They do like a mozzarella and pesto sandwich. It literally takes five minutes. They give you the tomatoes, the mozzarella, the ciabatta bread and everything, and the aioli and everything. And you just fucking slather that together really quick and then just go. So if you're ready to get some quick and easy and delicious meals delivered to your door, make sure you go to hellofresh.com casket50 and use code casket50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships for free. Again, that's hellofresh.com casket50 and use code casket50 for 50% off, plus your first box ships free. So today is actually a video. It's something that's been on my mind for a long time, a long, long time. And I just didn't know how to word it. So I've been really nervous about doing this. I have taken the last few months, um, taken some time to reflect on my actions. It started with an apology. Ollie London in August, 2022, said that his behavior had been obsessive, wrong and unhealthy. He still used they, them pronouns at the time. So while Ollie wasn't fully on the right wing wagon that he is now, Ollie had began taking steps to distance himself from the infamous outrageous person that he had become. He said that he had taken some time to really reflect on his actions and was open with his audience, stating that he'd struggled with his identity since he was a teenager. Now, after plastic surgeries, claiming to be transracial and inserting himself into communities he didn't belong in, Ollie said he realized the harm of what he did, kind of. This apology video seemed like a step in the right direction, but it also takes several steps backwards at the same time. Like while Ollie says his behavior had been obsessive, he also states, quote, "'You know, I have not actually done anything wrong. I've never actually done anything bad. I've just had an obsession with Jimin, had an obsession with K-pop, had surgery to look Korean, and I do generally feel Korean. I identify as Korean. It's something that makes me happy.'" Also, please know that I didn't splice this or take it out of context. This is literally how the original video was posted, but anyway. Commenters were quick to point this out, using this direct quote to emphasize that nothing had really changed. 
Throughout the video, Ollie said that he was going to try his best to do better, but in the apology, he doesn't acknowledge doing any harm. So which is it exactly? You're sorry for past behavior, but then you say in the next breath, but I do identify as Korean and that's never going to change. Like you broke an entire race, an entire culture to eating kimchi and liking K-pop. Like those are his words about how eating kimchi will make him more Korean. He also minimizes marrying a cardboard cutout of Jimin and getting surgery to look exactly like him as maybe a little too obsessed. Like maybe, just a maybe, like who are you kidding? You weren't just a fan that really liked Jimin. Like that ship sailed a long time ago, sweetheart. But anyway, this apology was very short-lived because in mere months, Ollie went from transgender and Korean to a British man around six months ago. He said that for a while, he lived life as a Korean woman, explaining that he was gender fluid before, and now he wants to remain a man. And again, if this is where the saga ended, I don't actually think I'd be making this episode. I don't think I'd really bother discussing him because as dangerous as it is to spread the notion of being transracial, Ollie genuinely comes across as a pretty confused person in this video. He explains that he's trying to find himself. He struggles with identity issues and he's working on himself, but that isn't where things end. Instead, this is where Ollie went to the next extreme. And as we saw, started appearing on American right-wing news sources. And this is kind of where the shoe drops and I don't have any more patience because yeah, He's absolutely pissed me off before. I think a lot of what he did was extremely insensitive to be delicate about the situation, but it continues to get worse from here because you know these surgeries didn't make him happy, so nothing will make him happy. So apparently he's got to go right down the grifter path. In my opinion, right-wing sources are doing something especially shady and gross by featuring Ollie. So they're conflating transracial with transgender because here's the thing. If you actually listen to Ollie's story very carefully, he doesn't say that he got surgery to look like a woman. Not once have I heard Ollie tell the world that he got facial feminization surgery or a nose job or any other procedure to alleviate dysphoria. Instead, Ollie said he went to Thailand and got surgery for cheap for the sole purpose of looking like a K-pop star. This is not what transitioning genders truly looks like. Typically, if someone wants surgery and hormones to alleviate dysphoria, they're going to speak to professionals, receive a diagnosis, do research to see if this is right for them, and then they might take steps to address it in like a physical form. And these are the stories of many transgender folks like Samantha Lux and Jamie Raines, that what they tell their audiences. Obviously, everyone's story is going to be different. Not all trans folks are the same or living the same experience. But my point here is that Ollie sought out these surgeries because of his claimed transracial issues, not because of being transgender. It's so incredibly disingenuous to use Ollie as a mouthpiece here for so many reasons, but let me point out a few more. For one, Ollie says he found God after attending Sunday service at a Catholic church when he was feeling lost and needed guidance. He claims it made him realize that he should have stayed the way God made him. Father Calvin Robinson on GB News asked Ollie, if someone had told him that God loved him the way he was when he was younger, would he have been less inclined to transition? Ollie answers that without a doubt, that would have helped. And I mean, Ollie, that's great for you. But just waking up to someone experiencing gender dysphoria and invalidating their feelings by saying, God made you that way and loves you is kind of stupid. Like that's just not how it works. To be more blatant, saying something along the lines of, God loves you this way, so stop being trans. Like, do you honestly think that will solve anything? Do you realize how conversion therapy works too, right? Like telling people, sometimes children, to just deny their gender identity or sexual orientation because Jesus loves them, doesn't work. And big shocker, it actually does the opposite as trans folks that have received conversion therapy are at least twice as likely to try and uh, kill themselves. 
If Ollie or anyone like him realizes that transitioning is not for them after all, then by all means, that's okay. But spewing hatred, unproven concepts, and blaming society for pressuring him to transition? That's not how it works. Plus, I do find it especially ridiculous that Ollie's literally blaming others when the public at large did not support him and he received a lot of backlash over his transracial surgeries anyway. He thrived off the controversy, but it wasn't because people were loving what he was doing. Unfortunately, this doesn't matter to Fox News or other right-wing media outlets, which is a big shocker, I know. Instead, they've obviously latched onto this and used Ollie's story as a way to emphasize that transgender people are harming their bodies. For these outlets to imply the nature and frequency of these surgeries are normal within the trans community is demeaning and quite damaging. I don't know if Ollie sees that and simply doesn't care because he thinks the clout is more important, but it is happening all the same. The Christian Post even came out with an article recently stating that Ollie's listening to Jesus saved him from mutilating his body. And the way they're presenting this information, as if it's TCP saying, hey, look, we got another one, see? Trans people are wrong after all. Honestly, the trans community, as far as I've seen, really didn't back Ollie for his lack of basic understanding. But considering that Tucker Carlson is interviewing Ollie, I suppose having any form of basic understanding isn't really a qualification you need to have in order to speak on these topics. And Ollie, I know you probably won't see this. Then again, if you even have half the inflated ego that people claim, I'm inclined to believe that you actually probably spend half your day Googling yourself and refreshing the page, so maybe you will see this. But if you actually want to help trans kids and kids that are struggling with their identity as you claim, then support them. Tell them to speak to a professional and advocate for them instead of telling them that they're going against God's will by transitioning. Listen to them, actually hear them. And truthfully, I don't think Ollie is willing to do that. It feels like this is just another layer, just another mask that he's putting on, especially when he says he needs to be baptized to be fully Christian. It feels very reminiscent of the fully Korean language, as if Ollie will continue to just go to each and every extreme, hoping to find himself there. But why? Why is the question that we're left with here? Why the change of heart? What really happened? Who knows? Maybe he is just doing this to try and stay trendy, just like he was with BLM. That would certainly be handy in selling his new book that he has coming out or is coming out or whatever the hell. But be him a grifter or clout chaser, I believe Ollie is one thing lost. He's an extremely lost person chasing approval. And right now he's chasing it on the tails of people who are perfectly okay if he was dead. But with all of that being said, that's where we're ending today's episode of The Corporate Casket. Hope you learned something new. And if you were unfamiliar with who this person is, I am so sorry to introduce you to him. I do hope he changes his ways, though unfortunately, he only seems to be swayed by money and attention. So whatever he latches onto next, just know that one or both of those is most likely involved. Hope you learned something new in today's episode. It was uh, confusing, very confusing, very gross in general, but here we are anyway. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I do appreciate it and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.